would you give your life for Jesus, for the Father, for the Holy Spirit? Would you willingly give your life for your beliefs? If today's reading didn't make you think about that, we all should be thinking about that. Because if you're like me, you're thinking, sure. I have such faith in God, I would give up my life for him. No matter what. Would you be tortured? Crucified? Have a horrific death? And be okay with it? For the love of God, be joyful? Could you be courageous enough to make that decision? It's a long, longer reading, but I want to read it for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to read it yet. And if you have, it's worth repeating. Because as you're listening, I want you to look at your own life. And are you a witness like this man? Because I can say, I'm not. And then we'll talk a little bit about, well, let's just take little things here. We don't have to like give up our lives, but just giving up our sins or giving up our pleasures and our desires. Is that really that bad? We're not giving up our lives. But let's first look at the life thing because I think it was eye-opening at the very least. Eleazar, one of the foremost scribes, a man of advanced age and noble appearance, was being forced to open his mouth to eat pork. But preferring a glorious death to a life of defilement, he spat out the meat and went forward of his own accord to the instrument of torture, as people ought to do who have courage to reject the food which it is unlawful to taste even for the love of life. Those in charge of that unlawful ritual meal took the man aside privately because of their long acquaintance with him and urged him to bring meat of his own providing, such as he could legitimately eat and pretend to be eating some of the meat of the sacrifice prescribed by the king. In this way, he would escape the death penalty and be treated kindly because of their old friendship with him. But Eleazar made up his mind in a noble manner, worthy of his years. The dignity of his advanced age, the merited distinction of his gray hair, and the admirable life he had lived from childhood. And so he declared that above all, he would be loyal to the holy laws given by God. He told them to send him at once to the abode of the dead explaining, at our age, it would be unbecoming to make such a pretense. Many young people would think the 90-year-old Eleazar had gone over to an alien religion. Should I thus pretend for the sake of a brief moment of life? 
they would be led astray by me while I would bring shame and dishonor on my old age? Even if, for a time being, I avoid the punishment of men, I shall never, whether alive or dead, escape the hands of the Almighty. Therefore, by manfully giving up my life now, I will prove myself worthy of my old age, and I will leave to the young a noble example of how to die willingly and generously for the revered and holy laws. Eleazar spoke thus and went immediately to the instrument of torture. Those who shortly before had been kindly disposed now became hostile toward him because what he said seemed to them utter madness. When he was about to die under the blows, he groaned and said, The Lord in his holy knowledge knows full well that although I could have escaped death, I am not only enduring pain in my body from this scourging, but also suffering it with joy in my soul because of my devotion to him. This is how he died, leaving in his death a model of courage and an unforgettable example of virtue, not only for the young, but for the whole nation. How would it be to have a legacy like Eleazar? Because when push does come to shove, could we make that choice? Hopefully we never will have to. But let's just talk about the other choices in our lives where we choose not to die to ourselves. When we go forward and we continue to repeat our sins that we know we shouldn't be doing. When we continue to not forgive people that we know we are supposed to forgive or we haven't reached out to God to help us with that forgiveness. If we haven't gone to him to reconcile to him in the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. Look at reconciliation as what it's called. We've turned it into confession. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because that's what I do. 17 times to repeat a new concept and to be able to digest it, and reiterate it to someone else. So here you go. Reconciliation. Start calling it reconciliation. And explain why to the people who you're talking to. Don't look at your kids and say, hey, your butt should be getting to confession. You could say, hey, have you reconciled yourself to, the, to God, the one who loves you and brought you into this world? Reconcile. Reconcile. We only use reconcile when we're talking about our bank accounts. Let's look that word up, think about it, pray on it, and constantly try to live your life reconciling yourself back to God, back to God's way of life, back to how God wants you to live, which is, again, the two greatest commandments. Loving thy God with all your mind, your heart, your strength, your soul, and loving yourself and your neighbor. Sounds so simple, but it's absolutely impossible to do 
without God. At least the second commandment. (laughs) And the first commandment, because if we don't call God in to help us pray and to help us fight through the distractions and to help us live a life of faithfulness and virtue, rather of sin and vice, if we don't call God into that, we're never going to succeed. And we're never going to succeed to build a relationship unless we call on him to give us that grace and that desire and those beautiful consolations as we walk down this path with him. Would you die for God? Would you choose to give up your life? And guess what? You're not being asked that right now. The question really is, what is it in your life that you are choosing to hold on to and to not die to? Which therefore is choosing your life instead of doing God's will. Please sit with that a little today, especially if you're struggling with sin. Is my soul worth it? Ask yourself that. It should definitely be for the love of God. But some people are in that purgatory state, right? The purgative state of your soul where you're just freaking scared of going to hell. (laughs) And that's okay. I would rather have you be there than not be there. That was what got me into the faith was my fear of hell. When I went into mass that day and heard about confession, it was a moment of thinking about my mortality, thinking about hell that I never, ever thought about, never thought about life or death. Yes, I was afraid of death, but I really never thought about it because I was thinking about other things. Always. So even if it is a matter of being afraid of going to hell, it doesn't matter where it comes from and what state of your faith journey you're on. Because the more you build your relationship with God, the more your fear of the Lord turns into the love of him and you don't want to disappoint him, not fear of hell. Because you know that you will continue down this virtuous path toward him, not turning towards sin. You're past that state of your journey, if you will. Okay, jabbering here, but let's get back to what is it that you are denying dying to? And we're not talking about your life. Sit with it. Ask the Lord in. Ask him to change your heart because in a lot of cases, we just don't want to let go of that sin. We don't. And that's normal. So breathe God in. 
Breathe the Holy Spirit into every moment where you're fighting that sin, where you have to deliver spirits, turn away from that temptation, call on the strength of God. Don't rely on yourself. It never works. Trust me. I've been there, (laughs) done that countless times, countless times. And I still forget to call him in sometimes. Call on Mary. Call on your guardian angel. Call on St. Joseph. All the angels and saints. Use the heavenly army that God has given you. Put on the armor of God. Oh, speaking of the armor of God, I heard this pretty funny, (laughs) pretty funny joke. I think it was a meme, actually, but um, I think it said, this morning when I stepped on the scale, I said, whoa, the armor of God is heavy. (laughs) Something like that. I thought that was pretty good. So I must be, you know, I must have extra armor, a little extra armor that I'm, I'm carrying. (laughs) All righty, everyone. I love you all. Find something more with God. Have a blessed and inspired day. Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today.